0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe O'Rico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe orico 99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Please go check out Ethos Fantasy BB. If you haven't already, we have content that drops daily over there on the site. Some articles come out weekly, but we do have stuff coming out for you every single day there podcasts and articles. So please make sure you guys are checking it out and dropping a follow there at Ethos Fantasy BB. If you're not on Twitter, go check out SportsEthos.com. We have coverage of all four major sports. We got wagering. We got DFS, team coverage. We recently just launched our NFL draft guide for the upcoming fantasy football season. So definitely something to be checking out. It is very, very cheap. I think it's $4 a month. So go check that out. There is free content. There is premium content as well. But there's definitely something there for you if you're somebody who is interested in sports. If you're listening to this podcast, I have to assume you are someone who is interested in sports. So go to SportsEthos.com and see what we got to offer. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It's about the midway point of the season here. Not exactly 100%, but most teams have played about 78 games, generally 75 to 78. Some teams, I think, have gone up to 80 even. I think it's a good time to take a look back at the first half leaders. So we're going to be taking a look at who is leading the league in the respective Roto categories, the standard 5 by 5s That was would obviously be, if you're unfamiliar, if you're a points league person, Runs, homers, RBIs, steals, and batting average. And then on the pitching side, wins, saves, strikeouts, ERA, and whip. We're going to start with the hitting categories, and we're going to look at the leaders. Starting off with Mr. Ronald Acuna Jr. leading the run category, 64 of them on the season. Ronald Acuna Jr. is just ridiculous. We already knew this coming into the season. Now, there was some cause for concern heading into this year for the power side of things. I wasn't sure, I don't think a lot of people were sure about what kind of speed we were going to see from Ronald Acuna, or excuse me, what kind of power we are going to see from him. The speed was also kind of a question, and for another reason we'll get to in a second, but the power, he was only 15 home runs last season and 467 at-bats. Now, he stole 29 bases coming off of an ACL injury last year, which was also very surprising. Generally, he was the number one consensus pick, and he was my number one player coming into the season, but there is also some reason to be concerned. You know, if we look back on it, in all honesty, there were reasons to fade him if you wanted to, uh, but, my God, he has already surpassed almost all of, his ca- all of his stats from last year in not quite half the at-bats, but 299 compared to last year's 467. He's got the 64 runs, which is just a few shy of his 71 from last year. He's already matched the home run total. He's surpassed the stolen base total. He's four RBIs off of what he did last year, and he's batting three twenty-four. He's going to be the runaway favorite for MVP in the National League, and that's kind of a side note here as well. A lot of talk today because I think MLB posted something out. I think the Marlins are playing on that stupid Apple game of the night or whatever it is, and they were asking about if Luis Arias should be the MVP if he hits 400. He should absolutely not be the MVP if he hits 400 because Ronald Acuna Jr. should be. He's been just ridiculous across, and not even just from a fantasy point of view, from a real-life point of view. He has been just stupid. He's on pace right now, and like I said, we're about the halfway point of the season. You can generally kind of double the statistics now and give you a rough idea of where people are going to end up might not be exactly this, but he's currently about on pace for about 30 homers and 60 steals. So pretty damn good season for Acuna. In terms of the runs, you're going to see that. It's going to happen at the top of a great lineup like that in Atlanta. You're going to see a ton of runs. You're going to see greatness from a lot of people, but Ronald Acuna Jr., specifically at the top, very clearly the number one run producer and the number one player for fantasy overall. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say very clearly the number one run producer just because of Marcus Simeon only trailing by three. But Acuna, I think he's going to comfortably lead the league in runs. I don't see another person who's going to come ahead there. He's already one-for-one tonight. Tonight's games have just gotten underway. One-for-one with an RBI, or excuse me, one-for-one with a run scored. And we'll probably see a few more before the night is done against Cincinnati. Uh, Let's move on to home runs at this point. Shohei Ohtani, the unicorn, he's number one in home runs. If you just look at the Ohtani batter statistics over on Yahoo for the last... Two weeks, month, season, whatever you want to look at. So he's number one over the last two weeks. He's number two over the last month. And for the whole season, he's a number two overall player, just Otani batter, not including the pitching stats. Number two, 24 home runs. He does lead major league baseball. Now, I think Pete Alonso was going to be the person who ends up winning this at the end of the season. Winning this. I'm leading the league in home runs, essentially. Uh, He has 23. He has also about 50 less at-bats, or 40-some-odd less at-bats than Shohei Ohtani. He did miss. uh, It was the minimum stint, actually, on the IL. I can't remember if it was 12 days or 10 days or however many days. He actually missed from the lineup. But I think Pete Alonso will be the guy who does come back and win this. It would have been Aaron Judge would have been my pick. Um, but he's kind of been – we don't really know what's going on with Aaron Judge. He's got toe injury, obviously, but they said as of a couple of days ago there was no timeline. He's beginning some strength work. He's going to do some light hitting soon. But, I mean, he's going to miss a lot of time, and it's going to really impact the total number of home runs we see out of Aaron Judge. He has 19 home runs and 175 at-bats, which is absurdly good. But, I mean, I don't know that you can say realistically that he is going to be somebody that is able to come back and hit that many home runs. I mean, he'll, he'll still hit a lot of home runs, but it won't be a league-leading total, especially with the way Otani and Pete Alonso, and even guys like Jorge Soler and Matt Olson are performing right now. Uh, absolutely ridiculous production from those big home run hitters so far. Otani, if he hits 50, it wouldn't shock me. He's been just stupid. He's got 13 over the last month, 8 in the last two weeks. He had a span there, uh, I think it was like a two-week span, where he did hit 8 or 9 home runs. You can see him get hot like that very quickly. And honestly, I think it will be Pete Alonso, but if Otani does end up leading the league in home runs, I would not be very surprised at all by that either. Let's move to RBIs. There's a three way tie at the top of the RBI leaderboard Rafael Devers, Shohei Otani, and Adelise Garcia. Now, the Devers one is troubling to me because when I came into the season, this was, I'm going to call it a miss, even though I don't think it's, I think it's probably a little bit too early to fully pass judgment here. Uh, But I went with Austin Riley over Raphael Devers in a lot of drafts, in in my rankings in a couple drafts anyway, um, where the two were very close, usually going right around each other in the mid-20s. I went with Riley because I was sure that there'd be more security in terms of his runs and RBIs. But we've seen that more so in a worse offense from Raphael Devers, which, I mean, I have to just tip my cap to the guy, even though the team is not the greatest. He's really been able to help carry that team offensively. The batting average is... Surprisingly low at two thirty eight, but the thirty nine runs, seventeen homers, fifty eight ribbies. He's been a huge piece of why they've been able to be successful offensively. Taken over that clean, not even taken over, but in that cleanup spot pretty regularly. Sometimes he bats third, uh, but he is a huge reason why Boston's been able to do what they've been able to do, despite the low batting average, two thirty eight, two seventeen over the last month. But he's still leading the league in RBIs. <clears throat> he is tied with the aforementioned Shohei Otani, who is just an absolute stud. 58 RBIs, he's got the 24 homers, 10 steals, just producing across the board. He's the second guy in that in that tie. The third guy is Adelise Garcia. <clears throat> and don't look now, Adeliz Garcia is the number six ranked player for the whole season, despite for the last month being nearly outside the top 250. 16 homers, 58 ribbies, six stolen bases, 54 runs scored, a 263 batting average. Adelise Garcia, decent chance that he could lead the league in RBIs. I wouldn't say that it's the most likely outcome, I think that you're more than likely going to see it probably be Devers or Otani. I don't know if Garcia's going to be able to hold that up. But there's definitely a chance uh, in that lineup that has just been stupidly good. Texas's lineup is the best in baseball. You could make that argument. You could make the argument that, I, that it's the Rays statistically. But, I mean, Texas' is first in runs, hits, average, on-base percentage. They're third in slugging, third in OPS. They're seventh in homers. They're doing a lot of damage. They are doing a lot of damage. I do want to mention another guy here who has really come along over the last month or so, Josh Naylor. He is fourth in RBIs and in all of Major League Baseball with 55. He's batting 290. He's also got five stolen bases. He was somebody that was kind of left for dead. People were dropping him a lot after the first month of the season or so. Man, the last month he has 14 runs, 23 ribbies. He's batting 392, two homers and two steals. <clears throat> first, in, uh, first base and outfield eligibility as a side note for Josh Naylor. And he's only 82% rostered on Yahoo. Like, There's definitely something going on. There's some kind of disconnect. I don't know if people are just zoning out and starting to focus on fantasy football or whatnot. I'd like to think they don't do that just yet. I'd like to think that people still realize how valuable Josh Naylor could be, especially in a Yahoo format where he's got the first base and the outfield eligibility. There's a dark horse chance that he could lead the league in RBIs. I'd be very shocked, but hell, he's only three behind the leaders right now. The other guys at the top there: Jordan Alvarez, Marcus Semien, Jonah Heim, Randy Arozarena. There's some usual suspects, and there's also some you know surprises like Parades. Uh, you know, Jonah Heim obviously big surprise. Jordan Alvarez has been out for a while. He's been out for I think three weeks, and he's still right there with 55 RBIs. So he could come back and get hot and also lead the league. It's a very tricky category to actually you know say who's going to lead the league, but. If I were a betting man right now, I'd honestly think I would put it on Shohei Ohtani. The way that the guy's been playing is just stupid. He's not being limited at all by the team. He is allowed to play every single day. There's no worry in his mind or the team's mind about injuries or whatever, contract year, blah, blah, blah. He's playing. He's producing. I think he's going to get a total bag this offseason, assuming he stays healthy. Knock on wood, of course. But I think it will be Ohtani at the end of the day leading in RBIs. Stolen bases. This one's kind of a foregone conclusion. Esturi Ruiz is going to blow away the competition here. He's already got 39 steals in 297 at-bats. I mean, Jesus, Murphy. That is ridiculous. Acuna is second with 32. After that, it's Wander Franco with 24. Ruiz is uh, ridiculous. In 35 at-bats last year, he only had the one steal, and people were kind of a little bit nervous coming into the year how many he was going to take He's got 39 in the first half of the season. It's not even fully done yet. So if he got to 80, 85 stolen bases, no one's going to be surprised. I think 70 is the absolute minimum you can expect from Ruiz this season. He's been a godsend for me in a couple of Roto leagues where I don't even have to worry about steals. You know, A lot of people are trying to find some steals on the waiver wire, a couple here, a couple there. If you drafted Ruiz, you don't have to worry at all. Uh, no question in my mind that he's going to lead the league in steals at the end of the year. 14 in the last month, 10 of them in the last two weeks. Not empty either. I mean, only the one home run, but he's batting 266. 31 ribbies, 31 runs. It's not bad. It's really not bad at all. Uh, you know, if you're talking about the run total, he's only eight off of what Raphael Devers has given you. It's it's not, he's really doing really doing a great job this season. 80th ranked player overall. Uh, he's been fantastic. Let's talk batting average. You guys know already who is the leader in batting average this season. There's no one who's going to come even close to catching him. It's Luis Arise. He's batting 397 as of right now. I'm skeptical that he can hit 400, but at the same time, there's it happens with extreme regularity that he gets a five-hit baseball, a five-hit game. I was about to say a five-hit baseball game, but Jesus, that sounds awful. Uh, You know, he's got only a couple home runs, only one steal, but the fact he's batting 397, he has 106 hits in his 267 at bats. Just ridiculous production from him. He's not going to be the MVP. But he's been a ridiculously good fantasy asset for anybody who has him. You don't really have to worry about your batting average. Assuming you didn't draft a bunch of guys batting 200, if you even drafted an average team for batting average, Luis Arias is probably going to put you ahead of the competition there. No need to get deep into this one. He is going to run away with a batting title uh, this season. Acuna second at 324, Freeman at 323, Austin Hayes also 323, and then Boba Shett at 317. All very impressive, uh, but Luis Arias, the batting average and the hit leader in Major League Baseball, to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Let's talk wins. Let's go to the pitching side. Shane McClanahan does lead the league in wins with 11. Now, we got some interesting, not good news yesterday. He had to leave his start after three and two-thirds. Apparently, according to Kevin Cash, it was precautionary. So, or actually, fairly precautionary is what he said. Uh, There is a difference there, I think. He said, I'm pretty optimistic right now that he's fine. It does make you a little bit nervous. Now, he left with back tightness. And you never know with backs. I've had back injuries my whole life, going back to when I worked construction several years ago. And they can flare up very randomly. Uh, It's not something that you want to hear if you're a McClanahan manager. And I'm not sure you could really say with any degree of certainty that he is going to lead the league in wins. This is another one of those categories where you really have no idea what's going to happen here. He's got 11 after him. There's a bunch of guys tied with nine. And then you even got guys like the likes of Dean Kramer has eight wins. Sometimes you just see random shit like that where a guy like a Dean Kramer or whoever is able to lead the league in victories. Merrill Kelly would be a huge shocker if he ends up leading the league in victories. He's currently tied for second with nine as well, and he's been pitching phenomenally right now. He's a top 20 player if you're looking at the overall fantasy landscape. So you never really know. If I had to put my money on anybody, honestly, it might be Clayton Kershaw. Assuming he stays healthy with the Dodgers, with the way he is pitching, I wouldn't be shocked if he is able to come away with a victory title and with another Cy Young. I think that there's a decent chance that he is able to win a Cy Young if it's a swan song, whatever you want to call it. Excuse me, kind of like a send off Cy Young. I would not be at all surprised if Clayton Kershaw does end up going that route or if the voters end up going that route with Clayton Kershaw. And the wins are definitely an old school stat that is looked at by voters. Would not be even a little bit surprised to see Clayton Kershaw, A, lead the league in victories and B, have that kind of parlay into a Cy Young season for him. Let's talk about saves here. Number one, Jordan Romano. He's tied with Emmanuel Classe. This is another one that's kind of tricky to predict, but I don't think that you can really go away from Jordan Romano here. I think the way that he is just so dominant when he goes out there, I mean, it, not every single time he's going to be perfect. There's no closer that is. But he's got the two fifty-nine ERA. He's got 39 Ks and 31 innings. <clears throat> he is saving out every time the Blue Jays need to save pretty much. I think there's twice this year where they've needed to save and went to Eric Swanson or Yemi Garcia. I'm not sure exactly who got the save there. But considering this isn't even the Jays firing on all cylinders, once the Jays, well, hopefully once the Jays actually get going, you got to think there's just more potential for wins. Now, that could also mean there'll be fewer close games once the offense fully gets going. But I find it hard to actually, you know, pick anybody but Romano here. And, you know, for anybody saying, oh, it's a home or take, it's a home or take, if you're a Toronto guy. I had him like fifth or sixth in my preseason closer rankings. So it's not about that. I had Ryan Presley ranked ahead of him. I just think once you see the way the season's going, how dominant he has been, especially recently over the last month, 146 ERA, 12 saves over the last month. 12 saves in a month is pretty damn impressive. Now, I hope they don't overwork him, but assuming they don't, <clears throat> I think that there's a good chance that we see Jordan Romano lead the league in saves. You could, it could be class A. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Bit of a cough today. Happens every now and again. If you listen regularly, you know that that's not rare for me. Uh, but Emmanuel Classe Wouldn't be shocked if he does either, but the team context is not as good. Alexis Diaz, not as good team context or ballpark context. Camilo Doval, kind of the same thing. Uh, Felix Batista could realistically do it. He's been, he's literally a top, he's a seventh ranked player according to Yahoo. The strikeouts are just ridiculous. 69 Ks in 34 innings. He could do it realistically. Um, But those are kind of the options there amongst the guys with, you know, 20 and above. It could be a Josh Hader or somebody else who comes out of the woodwork and leads the league in saves. But for my money right now, I'm taking Jordan Romano. I think it'll be him. Let's go to strikeouts. There's two names that are very far ahead of the rest of the crowd here, and it's Spencer Strider and it's Kevin Gosman, 136 and then 127, followed up by Otani and Keller and a couple other guys who are 117, 113, 110. There's not a hell of a lot of guys that are in contention for this one. I think it'll be Spencer Strider at the end of the day. I think Spencer Strider, just the consistency, start in, start out, he is going to give you those strikeouts, even when, like we've seen recently. Some rather rough outings. I know he got back on track against the Phillies, but a you know, rough outing against Detroit. He still had six strikeouts. The Phillies game, he had nine. Overall, like you're, you're still getting those every time from him. Kevin Gosman, you could also make a case that he is going to lead the league in strikeouts. I picked Kevin Gosman when I did my pitcher rankings, number one rest-of-season pitcher. He's the guy that I would take above the rest of the crowd if I had to pick one pitcher for the rest of the season. The strikeouts are definitely a part of it. Now, recently, the last three starts haven't really been there, and that's the kind of thing that makes me want to go Strider. He's a little more consistent with them. If you look at Strider's game log, or excuse me, if you look at Kevin Gosman's game log, 6, 4, and 4 over the last three for strikeouts. 6, 4, and 4. The previous three, 13, 11, and 8. And then the previous three, 4, 10, and 9, and then 4, and then 13. So he is capable of putting up those ridiculous strikeout numbers, but it also does come with those 4s and those 6s and those 5s that you're not really going to see as often from Spencer Strider. So I'll take Strider to lead the league in strikeouts pretty happily. Uh, I do have a very small futures bet that I put down before the season of Strider leading the league in strikeouts as well. Uh, Feeling pretty, pretty happy about that one coming through at some point. I think closer to the end of the year we'll know for sure uh, if that was a smart bet or not, but I only put a couple bucks on it, and I think there's a decent chance it does end up paying off at the same time. Let's go to those tricky, tricky ratios. Shane McClanahan does, and we're going to go starters here because it gets very complicated once you start using relievers for these and you're talking guys who aren't qualified. We're going to look at starting pitching ratios. Shane McClanahan at first at 223 ERA, Framer Valdez 227, Marcus Stroman 228, Bryce Elder at 240, and then Sonny Gray at 256. Not what you were expecting before the season, with the exception of maybe McClanahan and probably Valdez as well. But Strowman, Elder, and Gray being there are not to be expected. <clears throat> now with McClanahan again, it's kind of tricky <clears throat> to predict anything with him because of the injury. I don't know if he's going to pitch a lot more this season. I don't know if I, I'm hoping that he's fine, but you never really know. The Rays have just been just as unlucky as possible with their pitchers this season, and in general for the last several years. Baz and Glass now, and Rasmussen and Springs, and no one can stay healthy. But I think there's honestly a decent chance that it's Framber Valdez. Framber Valdez is so good every time, in and out. Yes, there's the odd start where it's not as perfect. There was the bad one against Chicago. That was the last kind of bad start he had. It was May 15th, right? It wasn't even terrible. You're getting good strikeouts. You're getting great team context. Everything is really, really positive for Framber Valdez. He's a top-five pitcher. He's a top-five player this season. Excuse me. He's ranked number five on Yahoo's algorithm, 104Ks, 227 ERA, a one 0 whip. He's even better than he was last year, and last year he was amazing. Everything has gotten better. The team context is just about the same as it always is with the Astros. They might be starting into their decline phase, but at the same time, they're still an absolutely elite offense that should be feared, and they're able to put up those victories. Now, it doesn't really necessarily impact your ERA, but I think when you look at the whole picture, Framer Valdez is able to go out there every single time, give you – Approximately six, seven innings. He's got he had a complete game earlier this year against Oakland as well. He's gone eight innings a couple different times. And he's keeping those runs down. He's keeping those runners off base as well, very importantly. Over the last month, the sub-one whip. He's got the one whip for the season. He would be the guy that I would choose here to lead the league rest of the season in ERA. He would be he would be my guy. In terms of whip, um, where are the whip leaders? It was just here and then... Uh, sometimes my, uh, sometimes I use my phone for, for research stuff. Cause my computer can be a little bit slow and then sometimes the phone doesn't want to behave, but here we go. Here are the whip leaders. There's only currently four pitchers in all of major league baseball qualified. Of course, who have a sub one whip Tyler Wells leading the way at point eight nine. Joe Ryan, point nine one. Zach Eflin at point nine nine and Nathan Eovaldi at point I'd have to go with Joe Ryan here. Uh, as much as Tyler Wells has really been good this season, I don't have as much long-term faith. Some of those pitching indicators are not as good as the actual numbers. The 3.22 ERA .89 whip is ridiculous. He's been a good whip guy for a little while. I think that's always kind of been his profile, keeping runners off a base. But to expect it to be this low, I don't know that we're going to see a sub-one whip going forward. We could. I wouldn't be surprised by it. But I also wouldn't be expecting it over the likes of a guy like Joe Ryan, who's sitting at the same number, who's just coming off of a complete game shutout, where he was just ridiculously dominant against Boston. He's doing all those same things, essentially, you know, keeping runners off base, low ERA, good strikeout rate. Um, But I would have more faith in him going forward than Tyler Wells, who is a little bit more, I think, of a wild card slash, not even necessarily an unknown, but a fantasy kind of unknown, not somebody who's been known to have fancy value, essentially. And Joe Ryan is also kind of new on that scene. But what he's been doing this year seems a lot more legit in my eyes than what Tyler Wells has done. I would bet on him leading the league in whip going forward, if I had to pick somebody. But there's also some other options here if you go farther down. George Kirby, because of the way he limits walks, he's at 107 right now. Wouldn't at all shock me. Aaron Nola is at 107, despite not having a great season, really, so far. Aaron Nola, he's got a 438 ERA. It's 450 over the last month. But, I mean, he's got the 107 ERA. So... I think you know the way you have to look at it is a guy like Aaron Nola is, I think, more likely than not to fix things over the course of the season. If he's already got the whip down so low, with the poor start he's had of the season, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up having even like a 4-plus ERA and leading the league in whip. That's kind of my hot take here. I think that Aaron Nola, decent chance that he will have not a great ERA, but still lead the league in whip, potentially. That's kind of a hot take. I would still say Joe Ryan is more likely, uh, but Aaron Nola, I think, has a good chance as well. Guys, that'll do it for us for this week. I really appreciate all of you continuing to download and listen to the podcast. It really means a lot. If you haven't done so already, please do that. Subscribe to the podcast. That is the way that you can find it the easiest. You don't have to worry about looking for links every single day or finding them on a website, whatever. You just go to your podcast provider. You're listening to this right now. You can just click on the plus button, top right, top left corner, bottom, whatever it is. Uh, it's usually pretty straightforward on the app itself subscribe to the pod let us know what you think if you're listening somewhere that allows ratings and reviews and hit me up over on twitter with any questions you got at joe 99 go check out ethos fantasy bb for all of the other baseball fantasy baseball content we got here and of course go to sportsethos.com to see all of our other coverage go check out the nfl draft guide but that is what i will leave you on for today guys we'll see you back again here on monday but until then have a great weekend take care and we'll see you later cheers